AustralianMusiciansRadio.com Australian Musicians Radio advises the following program may contain coarse language, adult themes, unsolicited product placement, quality banter, unscripted bullshit, dad jokes, cringeworthy puns, lewd anecdotes, general fuckery, and lots and lots of local, independent, original music. Hi, I'm Daniel, and welcome to Bar Talk. Maybe I just want to waste some time It's Gareth McDowell here from AMR Content, and you are listening to Bar Talk on the one and only AMR. Let's take the night to decide what we need. Is it you? Is it me? Who knows? Well, I know there's no way that we could take this day by day. So go. Decide what we see But I 
Welcome, 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 everybody, one and all, old and young, left or right, girls and boys and non-binaries and non-specifics and everyone very specific and animals and humans and aliens and non-biological creatures. It's me, Daniel M. Pern, coming to you with a brand new spanking fresh hot and spicy meatball episode of Bar Talk. That's right, Bar Talk, the best fucking music show ever because I'm hosting it (laughs) and that's my opinion and that's the only opinion that counts because I'm the one talking. Yes, I am here and ready to rumble so much that it is the middle of the jungle of this awesome scene that we call Australia, New Zealand and Pacific Islander independent music. Yes, I am so keen this week. For those of you that have not listened to this show before, what are you? What have you got yourself into? It's going to be like an addiction now. You won't be able to stop. Oh my gosh, just, just play one more episode, one more two-hour lovely episode of Bar Talk. You know, and that's okay because uh, you've got to get your fix somewhere. I hope I'm a fixable kind of guy. Wink, wink. Because what do we do here on this show? For those of you that have never listened before, well, I'll tell you right now, we play, as you've just heard, some of the best music coming out from these parts, and we interview some of those artists and get into the nitty-gritty of why they do what they do. But uh, most importantly, we should tell you what songs we came off, folks. Oh, yes, indeed. We came off a couple of great, great tracks. Declan with Over Again. Right before that, King the Free Soul, Waste Time. Oh, guys, I tell you what, interesting mix of songs this week. We've got, we're getting right into all sorts of styles of music this week. You're going to love it. You're going to love the variety. And actually, those two first songs, they, they were very different, weren't they? But how good, like they just matched, you know, that's how I do. I've got to try and match these different styled songs. And sometimes, you know, different genres seem to, to mesh well together one after the other. But King the Free Soul, wow, that was um, that was a bit of something, you know. Getting to the like the R and B, the smooth, chill, you know, R and B hip hop sound. I mean, when you listen to that, guys, no hi hat has the that right to sound as chill as it does. Now I know it's it's definitely programmed, but for fuck's sake, uh, it's just the rhythm that they've put in there. Just, it just sounds so so relaxed. Like this is just. Definitely, as we're recording this, just right before we put it up on a Saturday afternoon. Perfect for the beer weather, which is what I'm doing now. I'm drinking a few beers, guys. Absolutely. Apart from that, though, what I loved about this song 
effective use, you know, that buzzy sounding bass going on. It just blended well with uh, King the Free Soul's deep vocals, which were absolutely sexy as hell. For those of you wanting to know, King the Free Soul is apparently one third of the hip hop group Free Souls. So he's, uh, he's getting a bit a bit free bird right now with his uh, own little solo pride project going on here. And uh, he's from the uh, the wild, wild West Sydney region. Uh, and he's yeah, very versatile musician. And he, he's really trying to apparently um, express that versatility with this song, especially in the different vocal styles he brings and also just the level of just confidence in the production, which I really do appreciate. This is definitely one I think that you want to watch. Hopefully he'll be coming out with a bit more, you know, because we want to hear more of that deep and sexy voicings or vocals or or speakings, <laughs> the old speakeasy voice, you know. No, but honestly, good stuff, King the Free Soul, and hopefully we'll hear a bit more of you, of you every now and again, you know. After that, though, we are doing a Sydney double shot with Sydney duo Declan with their new song over again. Yeah, again, total mix-up, going straight from that R&B, punchy electronic vibe to like a what do you call it, like a pop indie sort of mix of electronic and, and acoustic going on. I liked it. Totally. We haven't heard a bit of this. It's been a while since we've had a bit of this sort of stuff come in. But, you know, good contrast to the vocals. You know, totally smooth vocals on this one. I feel like it just matched the sort of summer-like vibes that are going on in the production, which is perfect because we're just coming into some some warmer weather. So, you know, they are, took a nice little walk, nice little stroll outside, mid-20s, sun coming down on me. I felt great. I felt absolutely phenomenal, guys. So relaxing out there today. And this song just hits that that nice sweet spot where we are right now with the weather. I don't know what it's like where you are. If you're listening from overseas, you might be fucking pissed off because it's cold and raining. But surprisingly, Melbourne being the uh, known for the unpredictable weather city that it is, had a relatively consistent day today. But apart from that, um, I mentioned before about the, like sort of the blending of acoustic and electronic elements in the song too. I did like how the there was like nice rhythmic guitar work that sort of consisted of the base of the song, then you know built from there with the synths and the the vocal vocals and the the gang well the gang vocals you heard at the, after the chorus and all the other cool little elements going on. But nonetheless, what are Declan up to? Well, they've been up to a lot, actually. Been releasing three EPs and an album, getting a lot of praise all over the joint. Now from AMR as well. These guys are touring, prolific tourers. They've they've opened for many, many talented different artists. And, uh, yeah, they've probably got a lot of stuff in the works, you know, because fucking why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Uh, it's getting me keen for that summer vibes, folks. So good stuff, guys. Well, we're going to be interviewing an art. We're going to be doing playing the interview that I did with the artist a little bit, which we're going to talk about after this next next break of songs. But I'm going to get straight into it because we've got another two phenomenal tracks to get into. Yes, we are full to the brim with phenomenal tracks of different styles, as I said before. And we're going to move straight into the muted pop indie sensations that are Ivy Adara and Aaron Foster, respectively. Ivy Adara is a Aussie-born artist that's now based in the City of Angels, LA, Los Angelinos. And uh, apparently it's a big, wild, wild, wild city. Uh, and apparently Ivy 
safe Ivy's safe space was the apartment that she was living in at the time called apartment number two and it's the ins you know the the semi inspiration for this track we're getting into more serious themes here it is a uh, bit of a bit of a story about uh, a brother and sister who grow to rely on each other being raised in a in a pretty toxic home so yeah pretty pretty you know meat meat and potatoes sort of stuff coming up right here but I really enjoy how the sonic choices on this particular song suit the themes. Uh, in particular, it's just the fact that you, you, they didn't go full bombast. Uh, when you're trying to sort of tell a, a serious story, it can be really powerful to not go over the top, which, to be honest, going for a piano bass for this one and building from there with these muted synths just works. Um, so, yeah, it's just a great... Great example of how you can use production as a weapon to to sort of be razor sharp in your focus in terms of the st- what you want to say, and it makes you really focus on the lyrics. So really good stuff, Ivy. Um, what's she been up to? Well, she's she's been very successful so far. Um, been working with many many well known American artists and producers that have worked with. Other very well-known artists and been getting music featured on, on TV shows and upcoming movies. You know, it's it's a it's a wild, wild world out there in LA, and I hope she's really soaking it up and and really starting to feel a bit more at home to chase that dream. So good luck, Ivy, with everything that you've got going on. Right after that, we have though an artist that has sent in their own track, um, talking about Erin Foster. She's from Queensland. Um, particularly the Gold Coast, and actually, this brings me up with um, with this conversation I was having last on last week's episode with Genie Boy about how uh, important the the local council is there up on the Gold Coast. And this particular single has been assisted with funding from the city of the Gold Coast and Arts Queensland. So it's very, very lucky. They're very, very lucky up there in Queensland that they have such a supportive base of funding to to go from to have these artists really taking advantage of and for good reason the song's called friends and again another great song that sort of doesn't go over the top with its production choices to really make you focus on what the hell's going on in the lyrics apparently she wrote it during a very challenging time at uni when she was having trouble sort of feeling adequate in front of the people she was around. And to be honest, from personal experience, I totally get that. I had a very – I was feeling a little bit similar when I was in that world for a while. And it, it can be hard to fit in when there's these these people that seem to achieve way more than you do. And I tell you what, Aaron, you've, you've hit the nail on the head for this one. But this, that aside – um, f- she's a phenomenal talent because she self-produces everything herself. And I tell you what, what I really appreciated about this is that everything was very subtle. Sort of goes into what I was saying before about you know keeping things not over the top. But in particular, you could as you sort of hear it build into the chorus. You'll hear like these number of synth layers sort of get introduced, but they don't overpower each other, which is actually really really important for making sure that the song has a has a good mood it sort of takes away from trying to focus on on the elements of the song like the elements of the production rather and get engrossed in the the vibe of the song um so then when at the end and I'm, I don't know if I'm you know releasing too many spoilers here but when you get to the end and they got this awesome synth solo that happens of that the song ends on it's a great release 
So, honestly, Aaron, phenomenal stuff on the production as well as the songwriting. Really good, really good stuff here. And, again, she sent it in herself, guys. So, (laughs) if you think you might be good enough- And actually, that's a stupid thing to say. Just send in your songs, guys. AMIAirplayatmail.com. Send it in. And, you know, Erin, good good person. She sent in the press release and the, the press picks as well. Make my job nice and easy. So, make sure you send in everything you got, guys. Send in new tracks. Send them in. AMIAirplayatmail.com. Because it, you know, it doesn't matter if you've got a big team behind you or whether it's just you and your lonesome home studio. you got the goods. We want to hear the goods. So, you know what? Speaking of goods, let's hear them. <laughs> Ivy Adara with apartment number two and Aaron Foster with friends right here on Bar Talk. Daddy's always working, mama's always high. Got a lot of problems, never asking why. In between the fights, they sweat, they really try. But this trying mean a thing if you never really fly. Daddy's got a drunk hand, mama's on the couch. But then she doesn't hear him coming for her now. You turn up the TV and take me to my room Put your hands over my ears, tell me it'll be over soon The sound of your voice, it drowns out the noise all night The sound of your voice always makes me feel alright Oh, we'll be running, running, running away I'm right with the dark side if I got you Sitting wait, sitting wait for you. I think I like you. I 
the phenomenal sounds of Aaron Foster with Friends and Ivy Adara with Apartment Number 2, respectively. Indeed, we must show respect for the artists we play because they're awesome. <laughs> no, uh, thanks, thanks, for, thanks for coming back, guys. I, I'm glad I didn't lose your interest because these songs are bloody good, bloody good as always. Such a great, ah, just, yeah, you can't get better. Um, what did we do this week? Well, I think it's about time I sort of told you about what we, uh, well, who I interviewed, who I interviewed. I interviewed Silt this week. Um, Jess and Josh from Silt. Uh, we had a fun old chat, actually. We talked about all about things going on because I've, I've known, I've, I've seen Jess perform for quite a number of years, which we, I think we go into a bit in the chat. But apart from that, we, we had a, we had a fun time about how they work together as a band. And how they put the EP together because there's some talent going on behind there. Um, they actually supported 
the great Amy War Casualties, one of our former interviewees, back on their EP launch earlier this year. So I got to see them play live. They opened up as a band and they did a good job. They did a good job. And they've, they've got, of course, they've got their own thing going on and they've got their brand new EP out as well, which is called Contact High. And I tell you what, I really enjoyed listening to that one. The, it just works so well. But I'm not going to give it too much away before we before I play the interview. Before then, though, we're going to play one other song um, by Ben Gillies called Dangerous Distractions. Now, for those of you wondering why that name sounds familiar, it might be because Ben was or and is the drummer for Silverchair, a bit of rock and roll Aussie royalty there. But he's been... You know, behind the scenes, or not behind the scenes, you know, <laughs> out in front and about doing his own thing over the last year or so, been releasing some singles to launch into his um, his, his debut solo EP, which is, and I like the name here, the Relative Relatives EP is what it's going to be called. And this is the fourth single off it, Dangerous Distractions. And I tell you what, all the songs that came through in the last week or so, this is definitely stylistically the most uh, most interesting song. It really tickles my fancies in terms of the 80s-esque imitation feathers. But I kind of liked how he's going for like a full talking heads vibe throughout most of the song. And then, then there's like this, this sort of, you know, reverb heavy vocal breakdown, which is like re- very reminiscent of like late period The Police. So it's this, this sort of weird mashings of 80s, 80s, in, 80s um, new wave, and I, I love it. It's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, for those of you thinking, oh, yeah, he's just a drummer. Well, no, he's been since a kid. He's been a guitar and keyboard player as well. And you know what? That's awesome that he's just trying out all these different stuff. We'll try out all these different instruments on, on his um on what will be his upcoming release. Uh, and it's it's good to see maybe him pushing the boundaries between, you know, what people thought maybe he was as an artist and what he can actually be capable of, which I think is what what you can do, what with the real strengths you can play at if you're putting out a solo release. But um looking forward to hearing more and when especially that when that release drops and how that fits in with all the other singles. But uh yeah, I'm not gonna keep you waiting too much longer, guys. You may as well play it. But I'm not going to keep you waiting around too long, guys, because after Dangerous Distractions, we're going to be playing Dreaming off Silt's new EP, Contact High. But right now, Ben Gillies with Dangerous Distractions. Oh, yeah, we'll be back soon with the Silt interview right here on Bar Talk. Don't you bloody turn the, the episode off, folks. You keep playing.
Josh. And I'm Jess, and we're from Silt, and you're listening to AMR.
back guys welcome back welcome back welcome back it's me no one else well actually i lie i've got a couple of people here with me but oh, you're gonna hear about you're gonna hear why in two secs because you want to hear what song you just heard yeah i bet you do you weren't dreaming the song's called dreaming it's off brand new ep by phenomenal melbourne artist or melbourne band should i say silt it's called contact high and it's out now and i'm on a high on a roll because we're going to be chatting to jess and josh from Silt. Guys, welcome to the show. How you going? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good. Love that intro. Thank you. That was actually quicker than more, more of my intros. I didn't want to ramble on because I want to get straight into things because it's a, well, it's right after release day, you know, you've brand, mm-hmm. it's just come out actually as a, a recording two days ago. And yeah, I mean, how are you guys feeling? Yeah, I, I'm just so excited about releasing it. I've been like waiting, it feels like since I was really young to put something out like this. So I'm just so proud of it and just so happy with how it turned out. And it's just a great like moment for me and for us, I think. Mm. Yeah, no, it feels great. It feels great. And it's been, um, yeah, I mean, it's always fun when you get to like work with some really cool people and, and you know, put some music together that you really like. Um, but it's just a relief to get it out there, man. We were like originally we had planned to put this out about a year ago. Oh yeah. Um, but it just kept getting pushed back, you know, because finding time to record between lockdowns was tough, and then you know lots and lots of um, yeah other things getting in the way. But um, finally, finally out there, which is really nice. Yeah. It's um it's a bit of a bastard, isn't it? This COVID business because you guys would have would have had a had a plan because I'm guessing what then if you re- were planning to release this last year. What all the songs were written, I'm guessing sometime before that as well. Yeah, so we had, I think was it was like April or May of 2020 that we had all the songs written. Yeah, and we were like, yeah, we, we're going to record an EP. We're going to use this time in lockdown to to like do it. But 
yeah, we kind of expected that we would be able to sort of come out of lockdown and actually get into the studio to do drums and stuff mm, like much mm. sooner than we could. So yeah, there was like always a delay, always another delay. Mm. Um, our bass player was sort of based in Sydney for a little while. Like she's from Melbourne. Well, actually she's from Sydney, but she's usually in Melbourne, but she got sort of trapped in Sydney and there was a whole like problem trying to get her down to record as well. So it was, yeah, it was a bitch basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just the process. It's a real, it's, it is a bitch to get this shit done because it is a labour of love, as I'm sure you would say, you know, to the, all the fans out there that are just soaking up the tunes right now. Because, I mean, how much of it do you consider these songs your own babies or your own children? Uh, very much so. I feel like it reflects, like, me, me and, like, where I'm at in my life a lot, you know, like, um, and sort of the spectrum of emotions that I deal with on a day-to-day basis or a week-to-week basis are probably more likely. But, um, yeah, like, they, it feels like a part of me in that way, um, for sure. So, mm. yeah. I'm hearing a lot of I and me in this, Jess. Now, I, I don't mean to be too cynical here, but it's got to happen at some point. These are so being, I'm guessing, the principal songwriter with this project. Yeah, yeah. You, you've so, got to, you've got to, you got to bring as you, as you say, you got to bring your own emotions to the table. But yeah. how many eye rolls have the other band members given you for coming up with some self-centered? sadistic, sad, <laughs> pathetic existence that you call living the songwriter's life, Jess? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I feel like I, I roll it myself a lot, actually. Like, I write something and then I'm like, oh, God, what a drama queen. But then I'm like, well, <laughs> I am who I am, so I better just accept it. Um, actually, Josh and Harry is just, like, so sweet like that. Like, they – I think that they – get something it seems like from my perspective they get something out of like you know when I write this song and they want to know what it's about and they they want to like contribute to that story through the music that they like write or produce or whatever to go along with it so but also one song on the album was actually like Josh was the principal writer so it is like a lot of my own stuff but um yeah, there's one from Josh on there too I was gonna say it's, it's the complimentary uh collaborative song is it is that how we, is that how we frame it <laughs> it depends on how you look at it so yeah like i mean there's one track that i that i wrote you know music and, and lyrics um and then there's you know the other tracks which music and lyrics were predominantly all just like you know from the structure of the song to the lyrics and then the production elements were harry and i but then there's like uh, our first single i always need a break that was me writing the music mm. and then Jess taking the music and coming back with the lyrics. And then there was cassette tape where Jess wrote the music and lyrics and then Harry, you know, came. we all just sort of collectively came up with this idea for the second half of the song, which was just an instrumental piece. Yeah. And so it is like I can, you know, not speaking for Jesse here and I'm not the one writing most of the music or the songs, but it is um, I enjoy, I really enjoy the process and really enjoy working with Jess specifically because I connect to the themes and the lyrics a lot and I find that it's very easy for me to listen to her music and hear what what bits of guitar or other instruments that I could, you know, I sort of want mm. to experiment in a song and it's very accommodating like that. So, you know, it's, uh, it's been a fun, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a really good collaboration, but 
you know, Harry and I definitely don't claim to be songwriters. So we take, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to just the, the, the well, almost all of it, you, you, know? you are, you are a songwriter, but yeah, like it sounds. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say like, Jess, what's, what's the counter argument here? What's, what's the, uh, what's the opinion on your front <laughs> in regards to this, um, this whole collaboration business? Oh, like. It's honest. Uh, yeah, I feel like when you hear bands say we were so collaborative, sometimes you're like, "Were you?" But we, it really, <laughs> we we have like loved sort of like I feel like all of us kind of slumped a little bit during lockdown at certain times as well, and we would be relying on the other people in the band to mm. to be like, "Hey, I've got an idea. Like, let's keep keep pushing this forward," you know. And the energy and was we kind really, of shifting between yeah. us through lockdown, you know. So exactly. That. So we did like was actually a really beautiful collaboration and it was just like such a great thing to, for us to focus on together. We were super lucky as well because we had come off, we decided to write, to do an EP on the back of just releasing a couple of singles and, and doing a lot of gigs like through through 2019 and right at the start in the summer of 2019, 2020 mm. before, we were we gigging once or twice a week and I think that, that, um, that really made us a closer unit as a band. And then we all figured out like each other really well during that time. So, you know, like it's not just getting to know each other as band members, but as mates as well, because we got to know the sort of the things that each of us didn't like and each of us did like. And so we're able to accommodate each other. And then, yeah, as just said, when we all hit that sort of like that serious depression of being in lockdown and uh, in a pandemic and, and just having to stop everything, we found that, you know, when Jess was having a down day, I might have had enough energy to push things forward. And when I was having a down day, Harry might have had enough energy to push things forward. And so even though it was a long and sort of, um, mm. you know, different process making music in lockdown, it was still, um, you know, it was a very supportive. Like we, yeah, we all really believe in the music, you know, like when, when Jess writes a track and sends it around to us um, pretty quickly, Harry and I usually are like, sweet, let's, let's do it. Let's, yeah. let's make it. Oh, this is fun, you know. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's great. With um, I just want to touch on something you said there, Josh, because you were talking about just the first year that you were together as a unit. You were going out and just playing all the time. So mm. with that, was there any particular aims with that? Were going by with that method rather than a lot of other bands perhaps would, even if they are only starting out, where they do gigs every now and again, as opposed to how often you guys were. Look, I mean, just. I'll let Jess answer this as well, but briefly, from my perspective, um, I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest member of the band, you know, and 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 I um, I remember gigging when I was like in my early twenties, and 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 my experience then, which and it was the same experience this time around, was that I um there, there's no way to get like like there's nothing better to improve yourself than playing in front of people, mm. and like for me it was like. I was really keen to get us playing as many gigs as possible to yeah. just get better playing together and, and get tighter and figure out what bits of the songs worked well and what bits didn't and sort of get that feedback in real time from mm -hmm. the audience. Mm -hmm. But also um, I know that it, there's a lot of pressure when you're playing a lot of gigs, you know, you got to, there's a lot of stuff to organize and to promote and to, you know, and to book and to move around and coordinate. And that just draw us, that just drew us really close together as a band, I think, because, we were all spending a hell of a lot more time together, kicking every week and rehearsing every week. So that when we started writing these songs and like producing an EP, all that gigging meant that we were yeah. on exactly the same page going into this process, you know, and we all knew each other well enough to know how to work with each other as effectively as possible. And it led to a pretty cohesive, you know, um, mm. journey. Yeah, that's true. 
I was going to say, Jess, with the, the fact that Josh goes about, you know, imparting his, uh, his senior citizen wisdom on the rest of <laughs> The rest of right. the rest of you was was there any right. good advice that he gave you when the, when the project did start that you've either kept a hold of or you've had to prove him wrong because he doesn't know what he's talking about? Uh, <laughs> you can answer that question either way. This is a choose your own adventure kind of interview. You can answer it yeah. whatever way you so choose. No, I love that. That's a good way. That's a good way to <laughs> I feel like there's certain things that Josh said to me, especially like before we even started the band, we were talking about it or like right after we started the band that at the time, like I didn't think it was untrue, but it didn't like resonate with me straight away. But then like Mm. later on, like, oh, like that's what he meant by that. And that's so true. And the experience kind of shows like, I remember one of the first things you said was like, being in a band is really hard work. And I was like, yeah, okay, like we're going to write music and have fun. But like, you're right, it's really hard and it's like actually so draining. Um, mm. It's not so worth it. But, you know, things like that, just like little um, pieces of wisdom like that, I suppose. But then I think also at the same time, like there's been times, you know, especially with like artistic decisions and stuff where, Josh might have been like, I really think we should do this. And I've said, nah, I want to do it this way, you know, <laughs> that way as well. But, you know, sometimes I do feel like, I don't know, I, I can still think that I, my, what I'm thinking is still valuable, even though I don't have as much experience. Right. As I, I think, and I think at the end of the day, like, there's like, I feel like, I feel like there are certain things in the production and, 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 and music and band space that, you know, experience really helps with. But then there are other there are other things that the experience kind of makes more challenging, you know. Like mm. technology changes, especially the way you record stuff. Like that changes so much. You know, I did an album when I was nineteen and with another band, and the way we recorded that compared to being able to do stuff remotely now, like that was back in the day when no one had the, an interface at home. Like mm. they just didn't exist. You know what I mean? And so there was no option to to, to seriously record stuff at home. You know, or, or even get like. There are parts of this record where we used like the demos, like some tracks from the demos in the version just because they had an energy that, and you know, like that was just not possible in the past because you couldn't get it. You couldn't record at home to a good enough quality without having, having to spend a ton of money, you know, but it's just so cheap and accessible is that, is that, um, yeah, that, that you can, you can achieve so much now without even going into a studio. It's crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah. Um, but then there's also Harry, you know, like Harry's on, on not here at the moment, but he was in a, in, a, in an amazing Melbourne band called the McQueens, mm. you know, and they, they're a good band, you know, and um, he had lots of experience working um, in studios as well. So I had lots of good advice to give. And it was his recommendation yeah. to work with Jimmy, who we worked with at Ginger, at Ginger Studios, mm. um, Jimmy Lloyd, who's a bit of a legend, you know, we didn't really know much about him, but um yeah. You know, it was, it was that wonderful sort of connection that Harry had to him that, that got us over the line with this. Yeah. Like, Josh and Harry have definitely, uh, like, I have the least experience. It, like, this is the first band of, that I've been in mm. and they've both been for me. So I, I've definitely been guided by them through, like, a lot of stuff in this process. So I think it dropped out there for a sec, uh, Jess, just just so everyone hears that. This is, you're saying this is your first band. This There's been no no other bands you've been in before. No, yeah, this is my first band, yeah. Uh, because you did used to do a bit of, you used to play just solo, I know, because I think that's where we first met years ago when you just used to rock up with your acoustic guitar or was it the, the keys? I can't remember. Yeah, a bit of both, a bit yeah. of both. Sometimes the keyboard, sometimes the guitar. Um, but, yeah, I started 
Well, I'm from Perth, so I started doing that in like 2015 or something, mm. a little bit. And I went lived in London for a bit and, and did it there as well, and then eventually in Melbourne. So I just like I played on a lot of open mic stages. It feels like, and yeah. to me, I think it always just felt like a hobby. And I was like, oh, this like I write songs and I play them on the side, and mm. you know, I never I never even really thought like to start a band, even though it's been like the most wonderful thing ever. I just I don't know what it is. I just thought, oh, this is like me. I'm just going to like play these songs for fun. Mm. But then here we are. <laughs> what um what makes you go from London to Melbourne though? From Perth, it's a bit of a bit of a little bit of a dog leg. Yeah, I mean, going to London was just like the classic um, wanting to go overseas for a bit thing. But then I met a guy in London, of course, who was from Melbourne. So we got together. Um, and I moved back to Melbourne with him in, what year was that? 2015 or something. So yeah. I've been here for years now. Um, we've since broken up, but I still love Melbourne, so I'm still here. It's always the case, isn't it? You go somewhere overseas and I'm not going to see another Australian. Lo and behold, there you go. You get you get attached to the one other fellow Mate. countryman. Familiarity. Australians are bloody everywhere. Yeah. You know, like every country I've been to, I've bumped into Australian. And I reckon in most of them I've bumped into an Australian from Melbourne. Like it's weird. We just love to travel. Yeah. You were mentioning before, Josh, about your um producer. Uh you'll have to remind me his you have to remind me of his name again. Jimmy Lloyd Wyatt from Ginger Studios. Thank you. So what was the reason behind choosing Jimmy as your producer for the record? Well, we did a bit of, look, we did a bit of shopping around at the start. We reached out to a few producers who's, you know, whom we knew and whose music we liked and, and, and you know, had a few conversations. But at the end of the day, um, Harry, our drummer, had worked with Jimmy and his old band, Queens, yeah. and had a lot of really good feedback about Jimmy's work ethic and his approach to, to music. And and also Jimmy is kind of, it turns out Jimmy's pretty well renowned in the music scene as a good vocal mm. producer. He's worked with Justin Bieber and the Wu-Tang Clan and, you know, Mario and like all those crazy people. And we've just got, aside from the fact that his studio is just, like fucking wicked, yeah. I can say that. He's, ama- he's amazing at what he does and his gear and his knowledge. I've never seen someone use Pro Tools like him either. Like if like something that would take me 45 minutes to figure out in Pro Tools is like one second for him. Like he just, he, he knows how to use the system so well and, and has like such a, a good ear that, you know, you can really kind of, it gives you, because, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, when you're working with a producer, you're kind of on the clock to an extent. You know, you yeah, don't want to feel like, yeah. you know, you can't work on a record forever. So when you got someone like Jimmy who there's there, there was no time wastage on his end through the process, if you know what I mean. He was, no matter what abstract idea we put out there, he knew how to put it down. And that was, so that was amazing. You know, like he's such a good producer and, um, you know, he's got a, a nice little studio in Northcote um, at the moment. And uh, he's, um, yeah, his expertise on this is what got over the line. Like we were at, you know, we were able to just, to, we, we could just say to him, we want this and would have no idea in our own heads if it was even possible. And he could achieve it straight away. Like mm-hmm. his, his experience is phenomenal. Yeah. Are there any points on the record that, that are all his input? He goes, this deserves a little something here, a little bit of the old Jimmy Spice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in I Always Need a Break, um, mm. you know, in the chorus, 
how there's those sort of like tribal vocal tracks underneath the vocal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was all Jimmy's idea. And he, I think that was his favorite song on the EP and he just loved it. And he, he really like amped up that vibe, that, sorry, tribal vibe. (laughs) Vibe. So and he, he also sort of adjusted the drum idea so that it had a bit more of that, like, that travel, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah on the, if you listen to, on that same track under the bridge, under the middle eight, actually, yeah, is a there's a there's a mook, mm. um, doing some doing some crazy like arpeggiated okay. stuff, and uh, it almost sounds a bit prog rock, like sounds like something that could be in a muse song, and um, that was him, you know, that was me saying to Jimmy, Jimmy, mate, something needs to be there. I've no idea what, I've no idea what, and him just like half an hour later sending back a track being like, how does this sound? And, you know, it kind of just blows us away. He's he's just, yeah, incredible to work with, mate. Yeah. And the other thing was, um, well, that comes to, there was so many things, but the thing that comes to mind at the moment is we did mention those artists that he's worked with that are a bit more like R&B or hip hop or, and that sort of style. And then with My Ordinary, um, the verse lyrics are like kind of of that vein. Like then it's not rapping, but it's it's very rhythmic. Very and rhythmic. He like, yeah, I was noticing that too. Yeah. And he um, coached me like through that heaps. And, and so I think he really elevated like the vocal performance in that song. So mm. that's just like a couple of examples of things that he did. He's, he was yeah. really good. Jimmy's Jimmy's genius. Yeah. So. Oh, I mean, if he knows how to work them Pro Tools, like a pro. <laughs> We're always so impressed by that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> clearly, you, you know, I could tell you, uh, Josh, yeah, 45 minutes it would take me one second. He's got them, yeah. short, he's got them pre, preset shortcuts ready to go. Yeah. If anything, it, it was like completely humbling <laughs> watching someone like like. Not just that, like he got, like we were really lucky, man. Like he, we were in lockdown and originally we were thinking we're going to have to record this at home and mm. just send stems. But we ended up having this lovely break in lockdown, you know, yeah. and um, Jimmy, so kind of him, actually got us into Sing Sing um, recording studios okay. down in and we got to spend a couple of days laying down drum, bass and some other tracks at Sing Sing and um, seeing him work in that environment as well, you know, with, with that amazing studio at his disposal and that old, you know, Neve console and stuff was just, yeah, it was just brilliant. Like, it was just a fun time and a great experience. Yeah. Where is Sing Sing again? Because that's one of that I always hear about, but I actually don't think I know where it's located. Yeah, there used to be two of them. They used to have one in Cremorne and one in South Yarra. The Cremorne one's closed, and now it's just in South Yarra. It's on the north side of Chapel Street, right, right, right before you get to Richmond. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really, you would never know there was a studio there, mm. but when you walk in, it's like, yeah, it's amazing. It's mm. it's it's like the studio in Melbourne, really. You, yeah, I know, because you hear, hear about it so much. Like, people have mm. done it, sing, sing, it's like, okay, cool, this is some reference I don't get. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's lots of things. You don't need – studio doesn't necessarily need to be a street-facing venture. Like, it's a sort of if you no. know, you know sort of thing. So, no fancy shop fronts, just a dodgy-looking dodgy looking door, you know? Yeah. You know, like, to be honest, man, there's something, like, super romantic about going through a dodgy door and seeing all these studio – Yeah. Studio, yeah, like, I don't know. It's like it's, – it's sort of like what you dream about when you think about recording an album. It's like working – Working in a studio like that—it's crazy. You know, you could do—you know the old, uh, the old internet joke: hot dogs or legs? Like, you know, with the dodgy, yeah. dodgy door, like dodgy door. Is it a world-class studio or is it a brothel? Could exactly. be either or. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
You're going to find one of two things behind that door. <laughs> just go, we're just go, well, this is going to be my activity after lockdown. We're just going to just drive around. You know, people do that where they drive around looking for hard rubbish. You're going to drive around looking for dodgy doors and, and we're going to take bets on what it is, open it up and go, yep. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the velvet <laughs> curtains are here. Oh, wait, that could still mean anything. Okay, we'll close that. <laughs> <laughs> But when uh, – so, Jess, going back to sort of your experience doing solo stuff with the songs, was there ever an intention for you to – like, was the idea originally for you to do this sort of thing solo and have the EP done as a solo project? Um, no. So, yeah, so, like, when I was writing solo stuff and, you know, performing them acoustically, I always had an idea in my head of, like, the production and how, how I thought it might come together. Honestly, like, I think that I just never quite had the confidence to, like, mm. go about my own. And I just thought, <laughs> it sounds so sad, but, like, I just didn't think anyone would, like, care enough. And I was like, I'm just doing this for myself and, you know, that's fine. And that, and I was happy with that. But then I met Josh um, and he, and I showed him my songs and he heard me play a few times and, and he just, like, loved it and he had all these ideas and he was, like, super engaged. And it was really his idea just to start a band. And I was like, I was really happy to have sort of a team around me to like produce the songs and to kind of give me that confidence and like back me up and, um, you know, fill in knowledge gaps that where I didn't have it and all, all that stuff. So I think like I never really thought that I it was my ambition to do it all on my own. I mm. think, yeah. Yeah, because you, because as well with that, as we were mentioning before, you're very versatile in terms of what you can do because you do also you do play keys and guitar. And I remember when, when I watched you guys play, was it your last gig that you've played? The one that the, you opened for Great Emu War Casualties was that the last gig you guys played, or have you played since? Oh, um, yeah, I reckon it might have yeah. been actually. I was gonna say there hasn't yeah. really been much opportunity to <laughs> in the last few months, has there? And we had others lined up, but they got cancelled. So yeah. I think that might have been. Yeah, mm. but yeah, it was very lucky to see you guys at the Great Emu War Casualties um, EP launch. Mm, that's it. And I mean, has has was you were you always like when you're pl- playing these songs, you always like to mix. Well, I was going to say oh, that sounds. I was going to ask you, but like, do you always like to mix it up? Well, of course you do. That's what you do on stage. But you're always planning out when you're writing the songs, just what you're going to play on them when you do decide to play it live, or is it really a sort of you're going to it's going to come along as you go. You really don't know. Um, it depends on the song. Like, you know, sometimes I'll be writing a song on the guitar, but as I'm writing it, I'm like, oh, this is definitely going to be like actually a piano song, but I mm. need to think some about, you know, what that sounds like. Or, But other times, like, I'll be writing a song and, and on the piano, say, and like, I, I figure out a riff as I'm writing it or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that's the main, that's the main hook or something. Yeah. Like, ends on... Mm. How, how it comes together. Some songs take like honestly years for me to figure out mm. what instrument I should be I should be playing or the others should be playing or yeah. But it, then there's other songs like if I go back to the first song we ever recorded together um, was a little far away and we just recorded it at a guy named um, with a guy named Nick at Homebrew Studios in Barcelona. Uh, um, and you know it was our first track. It was it was that we were recording as a band. You know, and, and, and that to sort of give you a sense of how Jess works on songs is, yeah, like some stuff might take you a while to figure out, but she has these moments and like on a little far away, she came to me and I'm, I'm the one playing most of the guitars in the band. She came to me and she's like, I've got this song 
and, and, and I know exactly how it needs to be. And she taught me all the guitar parts. And the finished product of that song is 100% Jess. Even though I'm playing guitars, she was like, "This is these are the exact chords, mm-hmm. the exact and she had just written the song from start to finish and understood the production in her head. So, you know, that happens as well, you know, yeah. where Jess is just like, this is all, this is exactly what, what it needs to be. So, um, so yeah. you know, it's a bit of both, but you also have done that and it's worked out really well. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the, that, that. That's the most satisfying thing about when you're like, I know it all, it's all in my head. Yep. And and you're kind of like worried you're going to forget it or something, and you're like, you need to learn this right now. Yeah. <laughs> does does she Josh does does Jess tend to have these like unconscious tropes that she brings to her songs? I don't know. There's always a chord progression that she that she approaches, or there's always a weird melody thing that she might put in there. <laughs> have you noticed any patterns with that? And you have to sometimes go, oh, hold up, cowboy. This is the fourth song this week that has that exact same inflection, and we need to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> look, no, look, I, I actually, weirdly, I find Jess's songs to be quite different and to a point where where a lot of, like, there are songs that she's written that I, I, I don't, like, they're so, they're, they're different, they're different enough from each other that I can't yeah. imagine them being record. What I, I mean, so I, I would say, like, they're, they're consistent, like, from my end, the thing that's really most consistent in Jess's songs are the themes of the lyrics. Yeah. They're probably. Like the lyrical themes are probably the most consistent. Well, as a know, guitarist, we won't concern ourselves with lyrical themes too much. <laughs> no, exactly. I'm, 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 I see myself as a guitarist as like, <laughs> I just need to support the rest of the song. And, you know, I think, um, yeah, I think I've learned over the years, Jess's instincts are, are usually spot on because even when we've deviated from her initial thoughts, we've often just ended up coming straight back to where she started. Oh, I was going to say, Jess, what, what, what do you say to that? Is that a conscious decision you're always trying to write songs that sound different? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Like, um, I do want there to be variety, of course, and yes and no, though, because, like, I find when I'm writing music, I'm mostly just letting my, like, emotional state of mind, like, guide me through that. So, mm, mm. like, what, what chord comes next? Well, what do I want to feel in that moment or like where, what should this hook feel like, you know, it's just, I don't really sort of think about it from like a technical or yeah. um, theoretical perspective. I'm just like, I'm just feeling my way through it. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. But I, but sometimes I'll write something and I'm like, Oh, that's really similar to that other thing. And I should probably change that or yeah. So it's a bit of both. Mm, mm. With um. Because I, when I was noticing listening to the record, um, and I mentioned this, I think, before we started to Josh about how it, it really sort of had it was a really interesting sort of just piece of music to listen to as a whole, all the mm. all the different songs coming together. But there were a lot of different sonic elements that have that are in there. You've got very luscious synthesizers in there, electronic elements. You've got some, you know, very more guitar prominent parts as well you know you've got your your rhythmic gang vocal tribal tribal bullshit you've got somewhere in there you were yeah, saying yeah. before but were there any when you were putting the songs together were there any sort of records that you were listening to any artists in particular that you're like right we want to try and imitate that because that's really cool yeah for sure i actually think that um there's probably like a different artist for each 
um, aspects of the production, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like some parts that inspire us lyrically, there are some that inspire us production-wise. But I would actually say one of like, in terms of uh, production and, and overall the texture and the sound of the EP, I reckon one of the biggest influences was um, Holy Holy, who are, I don't know if you know the band Holy Holy. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've got this uh, great ability to, I don't know what it is, man. They're like the way they use synths and electric guitars and vocals and bass and drum. And then they have all these other little electronic elements through the song that at the end of the day, when you listen to their music, it still sounds like kind of pop rock, but there's more in it, just pop rock, those traditional pop rock elements. And I love that. So like production wise, they, they provided a bit of a reference for a few bits, but also like, you know, you hate it. Um, you know, Jess had this, um, there's a song by Snail Mail called Speaking Terms that, mm. you know, huge reference for you hated in terms of the way that was product produced. And and um, and another band that I think we, whether it consciously um, contributed to the way we put things together or not, we've been really inspired by the band Middle Kids. Yeah. And, and I think one of the reasons that we find them really inspiring is they've achieved this level of success Um through really just amazing songwriting. Like if you listen to their music, production-wise, most of their songs, we're talking like take the drums out of it and there's really only six or seven other tracks going on in, in their songs, you know. Yeah. Like mm. I listen to their music and I feel like you, you could achieve all of this on a 24-track mixer and it sounds huge. It sounds big and energetic. They are great songwriters. And I think for us, for you know, I know – um, and, and I hope you don't mind me speaking about you here a little bit. There were many times where we we actually referred to a middle kid song as a way to um, achieve a big sound without necessarily adding more instruments, mm. uh, because we find that like as much as this this is a this is a very produced EP. There's lots yeah. of, there's lot going on. At the end of the day, um, we sort of there was a lot of scrutiny on every layer we added. So we, we, we sort of threw down all the bass tracks, the bass layers, like your, your fundamental tracks of mm-hmm, the songs. Mm-hmm. We added on top of that, went through a hell of a lot of scrutiny. And the question we asked was, you know, is it really adding anything to the track or not? Is there a reason for it to be there or not? Because of bands like Middle Kids being able to achieve huge sounds and, and great production with seemingly – you know, relatively straightforward instruments and, and, and nothing too complicated. You know, they're not using huge amounts of samples or synths and things, you know. And um, and then, you know, but conversely, Holy Holy sat on the other end of that scale. Yeah. And, and they very produced music but still managed to maintain a sense of honesty in their songs even mm-hmm. though they're huge. Mm-hmm. And for us it was like how do we – we love that, that their songs are really honest and direct, even though the production is huge. And we also love the same thing about Middle Kids, even though the production is relatively, you know, raw and organic. And so for us, it was how do you balance those two? How do you not overproduce? And how do you, you know, how do you ensure you maintain the integrity of the song while also, you know, supporting it the right way through various sonic elements? Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's a hard thing with reference bands because I feel like, even our producer was like, do you have any reference songs for this mix? And we were like, we have a reference of, we don't have a reference song, but we've got like 20 seconds of a song. And that 20 seconds yeah. is the one of them. And so that's, um, yeah. How much, that, how much that piss off Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I, I want it to be sparse, but at the same yeah. time I want it to be over the top. Uh, what can you do for us, you know? We were probably the most annoying bloody like band members to work with, but you know, at the end of the day, he put, like I think he pulled it off. Like it was, we were like, you know, there's we want to use these instruments, and yeah, no, I think he did a really good job. But yeah. no doubt, 
no doubt we stretched his patience a little bit once or twice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but as no I'm doubt. sure as every producer, like as every producer that you talk about tells you, it's those ones that are always the most rewarding. Because you've got to be, it's not just about, it's not just, it's not just the producer pushing you as the artist, it's the artist pushing the producer as well, because that's how they get better. Yeah, mm. definitely. And yeah. if you get a few um, horror stories, if they get a few horror stories about it, well then, you know, you're in there, you've got, you're living in their head rent free. I can tell you one quick anecdote was on cassette tape, the last song, there's a bit of silence right before the first mm. chorus. Mm. And we were so adamant that that silence just needed to needed to just sit in the pocket so well. It needed to be the right amount of time. It needed to, to let the, the vibe of the verse die before the first chorus hit. And I remember messaging, like hearing Jimmy's mixes and messaging Jimmy. And then I think it was at like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> the mix that was actually like the perfect mix, you know. But like, yeah, it's. Oh, he messaged like- you at 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he okay. was like, oh, I figured this out. Here's the, here it is. Yeah. He's, bit, he's like definitely a night owl, Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Jimmy's a total night owl. Yeah. He's um, very accommodating, mate, especially given the caliber of people he's worked with to sort of just see how he interacts with us, a very unex- inexperienced band who, who, you know, is just playing local Melbourne. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was actually beautiful, man. Like, I, kudos to him. He's, yeah, like I can't, I can't speak highly enough of that guy and, and his work. It's yeah, it's magical. Mm-hmm. I feel very lucky to have worked with him, to be honest. With that though, now I'm guessing with oh, you know, we're looking at well, potentially fingers crossed, uh, maybe in a month or so, possibly able to get back and do gigs again. Um, are there any plans in the works at this stage to have some sort of launch for the EP once you can? Yeah, like we definitely are looking to do that. We have sort of booked um a show but where that one's like mid-november or something i think and i think we're just going to use that as like a mm. warm back in experience but maybe josh had something a bit more to say about that yeah i mean nothing's nothing's confirmed at the moment but um i, I i've been doing most like i do most of the, the sort of gig bookings and stuff for the band and i've got a I've got like three venues and I'm oh, so that's why you is your good that's why he's in the band chess i get it there's all the connections <laughs> I'm not really good at making the connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's it's my this is where I think my experience served me really well. Is I used to be in a band with a guy who knew everyone. Okay, and so I met everyone through that guy, and it made it my a lot easier this time around. But um, but yeah, no, look, I'm definitely going to do something. I think we'll probably be looking at doing a proper launch. I reckon December or January, to be honest, at this point. But it's um, a good time to do it, though. Let's face it. Yeah, it's the middle of summer. Everyone's in that holiday mode. Coincidentally, absolutely. it ends up being actually a pretty good time of the year to do it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, with that, this first song, Dreamin' on the um, EP, because mm. we were initially thinking we were going to release it, like, in winter, basically. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's such a summer song, you know, and, like, I was kind of disappointed that it was going to come out, like, in the middle of winter. And it's kind of worked out. Like, now we're going to be performing it for the first time, probably when it's nice and warm and, it's going to, like, feel right. So, yeah. and, and, you know, and look, man, I mean, I'm sure you experienced this as well. We we, you know, we were lucky enough to gig maybe three times mm-hmm. in between some towns, and the appetite of the public for live music was huge. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if we, not only are we going to be lucky enough to be gigging in summer, but ever, it's, I, I, I reckon there'll be so many people just keen to see live music that you end up getting a lot more people showing up for your shows, you know. It's, it's um yeah, we're really excited to get 
back on the gigging. Yeah, for sure. I think everyone's just tired of the bullshit and wants to have a really good summer, which more, yeah. which reminds everyone get vaxxed if you haven't already. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I want a fucking summer. <laughs> yeah, don't steal my don't steal my sunshine, hey. Yeah, that's it. Get jabbed, get live music. Yeah, as, I, as I've been saying, get pricked, you dog cunts. <laughs> that's the only time I'm going to say the C word on this show. My, if I say it again, my station manager is going to be very upset. But I feel like it's all for a good cause. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as I said to the nurse, she goes, oh, you're right with needles, are you? This is when I was getting my first joke. She goes, you're right with needles. She goes, that's all good. Just to quote Austin Powers, it's just a little prick. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. She laughed. She's like, okay, this guy, yeah. this yeah. guy's, yeah. <laughs> you could tell it was the only joke she had all day. She's just been, you know, j- jabbing yeah. randoms all day, you know. Needed some break up, needed a break up, you know, break up the yeah. day. Um, I was going to say, before we get on to playing the last track, and I don't know if this will, like, ease ourselves into talking about that last track, Jess, but on on the topic of your lyrics, because we've sort of bounced around that a bit, Lyrically, from the whole the whole record, I mean, the musically it sounds, as I said, very tight. Well, not yeah, well, you know, very sort of cohesive as a whole piece. Did it end up being the same thing for the lyrics? Were you happy with how I guess connected all the songs were on a thematical lyrical level? Yeah, I I wouldn't say that they are like all about the same thing or like. Mm super connected but I do think that like there is like a natural theme that's kind of run through them because they do represent like this period of my life and therefore like it's just a natural extension of who I am at the moment and what I'm going through and of course like with Josh's song as well it manages to be there really nicely um yeah I I'm really happy with the lyrics actually and um I I always am, like, pretty self-critical with that stuff and always thinking about how I can do better. But at the same time, I'm super proud of of all the lyrics and um, the themes that are running through it as well. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And actually, let's let's talk about, because we're going to play your most recent single really in a a moment called You Hate It, which we've, we've mentioned a couple of times so far. You were saying this was one song in particular that you had a lot to say about or there was something, a lot going on. So, can you maybe give us give us a bit more info as to what that's about? Yeah, just like a history of the song, really. So, this is the oldest song on the EP, as in I wrote it the longest time ago. Mm. Um, and when would have that been? Three or four years ago now. And um, it was the first song I ever heard, just ever. Yeah. Was that the Was that the gateway drug, so to speak, Josh? Was this what hooked you on? Hundred percent on the Jess train. I started with a gentle sniff and ended up an addict. (laughs) (laughs) Here I am. I'm a guitar junkie. Can't get around it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, um, Yeah, quite like, you know how songwriters sometimes talk about that, like, spiritual feeling where, like, you just kind of write a song and you don't know where it came from almost and it feels like it just kind of came through you or something like that. Yeah. I'm not... I'm not like religious person or anything, but it does feel a bit like that when you're like when you write a song in that way. And basically, I like I was with someone else at that time, and uh, we'd had like an argument, and I was stewing over it all day, basically. Mm. And I got on the train home, and I just had all this like stuff buzzing around in my head, and it just like I just wrote all the lyrics out like on the train home within like 20 minutes. It was crazy, and it was just all there. And I kind mm. of had an idea of how how it would play together and once I got home I just yeah picked up the guitar and it kind of all 
came together really quickly. But I feel like it's also quite a unique song for me because it doesn't sort of, it has like a lot of like inflections and like mm. little like cheeky moments. And um, also the range that I use with my voice is like quite a bit wider than I usually would. So I kind of hit lower lows, low notes and high notes um, in sort of more, more extreme way. And was, yeah. that to, was that to sort of set a point? Was like that a conscious decision to say, right, this is a thing about having this sort of argument and this sort of tumultuous thing? Therefore, I'm going to be more tumultuous in my singing to reflect that. Absolutely. And I think it also just reflected how mm, <laughs> upset and how frustrated I was at that particular mm. time. Like It was just like projected straight through into the lyrics and the melody. Um, yeah, it, it was kind of odd. Like It's just kind of weird to think about that I wrote that song sometimes because I don't know Ooh. where it came from. Um, but yeah, I love it. It's awesome. Nice. So we we are gonna we are gonna play it in a sec, as I said before. But before I do, I just want to say thank you guys for coming on the show and having a good old chat about the EP and what 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 was going on behind the scenes. Oh, our pleasure. Thanks for yeah. Um, but yeah, we are gonna play it. So guys, why don't you take us out? Tell us who you are and what we're about to hear. Okay, so yeah, we're Silt, um, and this song that you're about to hear is "You Hate It." It's um, the lead single of our most recent EP, "Contact High," our debut EP, rather. So. Yes, and then let's 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 do. Oh, I was going to think of a segue. Never mind. Let's let's <laughs> let's do it away. Or <laughs> I couldn't think of anything better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Insert yeah. segue. Insert 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 segue here. Edit out later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Jess. Uh, enjoy the rest of your lovely, lovely afternoon or humid afternoon we've got down here in Melbourne. And I guess let's play the song. You hate it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Have a great one. It wears me down so much. So there is no room left to go. Always lining the insides And I usually defend my corner But I'll look a little further Because you hate it Yeah, yeah.
space and boundaries set in a stony place to keep myself from running away and spending silly money just to gain a room where there's a lock and key to keep damn people away from me and I hope someday you'll see Hey, this is Kim. You're listening to AMR. I'll be with you 
well, 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 well. Welcome back, guys. It's me again. No one else. Wink. No. Uh, <laughs> bootleg Rascal, that was, with You is the name of the song, the Bad Boys remix. Yeah, good stuff. And before that, You Hate It, which I loved personally, by Silt. Thanks, guys, for coming on the show. I want to thank Michael from Kick Push PR for also helping us put that one together as well. Make sure when you get a chance, listen to Contact High, because as I was saying before, I love that EP. It's a great EP, and it's definitely worth a full listen. It really blossoms into its own in that kind of way. Um, and when, you know, we're talking about the production, <laughs> production you know, chops going on there as they were, it definitely makes sense. So, again, great stuff, guys. And keen to uh, see them play live. Hopefully that it will be sooner rather than later. Uh, now, moving right along, what you just heard was, as I said before, Bootleg Rascal's newest remix single, I guess you can call it, uh, as I was saying before, With You. Now, Bootleg Rascal have been around for a number of years now. And they are definitely an artist that Gareth has played a number of times on the station because it was always a name that showed up on the Mega Mix. And it's good to see them actually putting out some new new songs now. But they are uh, sort of getting right back into the scene. Uh, and by scene, I mean getting right back into the release schedule of things. <laughs> With uh, this being their latest release. Um, they're... They've got, I believe, a new album coming out on October 29 called Sloppy Seconds, which, you know, just implies a lot of things. But for me, it implies that there's going to be some good reggae sounds. I tell you what, it has been it has been a while, folks. It's been a little while, but it is good to get some reggae back on the playlist again. But bootleg, you know, in talking about their experience, they're one of those artists that just know exactly what elements make up a good song. I mean, it certainly shows here. I mean, it's it's just great head-tapping fun. You know, when you consider things like the fact that the snare hit is just, you know, gets you grooving and then it's, you know, match that with the off the offbeat guitar plucks. I mean, this is all, you know, bread and butter for reggae artists, but it just, it, these elements are just what makes it work. And when you know what they are and when you can do, do them well, you just get really, really good music of that style. And, yeah, the boys know what they're talking about. But, um, yeah, it'll hopefully be good to see them doing it because I believe, and I'm just having a look here, yes, that's right, they have got a tour starting in November, fingers crossed, going all the way into next year. They're going to be starting up at their end of, end of the world up in Brizzy, uh, hopefully doing Perth, the Gold Coast, Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney, and Canberra, as well as a bunch of regional shows. So I really hope everywhere can be opened up, you know, not, not promising too much with everything that's going on. But again, another example, guys, to get bloody vaxxed if you haven't already, because that way, you know, it's going to be likely that the only way you'll be able to go to these shows is if you've been fully vaxxed and for good reason too, um, because it's important to stay safe because uh, you might be you might be causing yourself some damage with the, the amount of whiplash from the headbanging, but... You don't want to be uh, causing additional health problems from COVID. So, yes, vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate up your wazoo. <laughs> no, uh, hopefully the uh, tour can go ahead as scheduled. Uh, moving right along, though, actually, it's going to be well, it's a good point at this at this time of the episode to sort of give a shout out to the great guys at AMR Heavy Reborn, the foremost metal music program, I guess, in the country. You know, these... 
they've got the, the, these guys are doing so well. Carly, Mick, Jay, and of course GM, just you know, interviewing the best artists coming out with heavy music and playing the best new releases of those you know relevant genres. Uh, they've come out with two episodes since we last we last recorded. Um, doing a third quarter retrospective back last week, and this week they spoke to We the Hollow, uh, and they also featured the new Ends album Cessation as well. So a number of brilliant tracks going on there. We usually do a bit of crossover, not this week, but. In terms of songs, sorry, but not this week. Um, but nonetheless, we've got a couple of great heavier-ish tracks coming up. So, you know, but when you get a chance, go to australianmusiciansradio.com, which is where you find all of the AMR stuff, all of the AMR stuff, including all, all of our stuff, Bar Talk stuff, as well as Heavy Reborns. So, yeah, go into the, the website where you can find all the Heavy Reborn episodes. You can stream them to your little heart's content, including the most recent ones. Now, coming up, we do have, as I said, a couple of heavier tracks, relatively speaking for us. <laughs> Not the heaviest, but, you know, enough to get your bud pumping. Starting out with Whatever Forever with Ghost of Me. Now, Whatever Forever, we have not played, I believe, on this show, but they are a Sydney punk rock act, and they've really turned the flange up. Oh, my God, the flange in this song, you know. But <laughs> putting aside your 90s worship... These guys do not muck around. They get straight into it in terms of just how the song operates because there's just a phenomenal amount of great layering. When you take into account just the fuzz guitars, the wall of fuzz guitars, the thumping drums going on, and then there's this wailing lead guitar line that goes throughout like the whole verse and the chorus. It's it's cool. It really builds up a very solid musical base to go from. Um, Whatever Forever are a band that is sort of formed out of some of the members of uh, the metal band Justice for the Damned. And this is so that, you know, two of the, the members of that band are now form this project here. And they've, um, they've had the pleasure of uh, doing a lot of touring. Again, another great touring artist. Uh, Bootleg Rascal are as well, I should, should mention too. But again, like a lot of the other artists we play are no strangers to the touring circuit and have um, played support for a lot of US bands, which is a great way to sort of get get new fans internationally. But these guys, again, October 29, got a new EP coming out, Slowly Dying With You. Um, so this, yeah, but this is, this is their latest single off that upcoming release. So keep an eye out for that if this is right up your alley. Um, but this is an awesome track, which you'll hear very soon. Good bit of oomph to get into that episode about this time. Straight after though, again, keeping things in that alt- Genre, Cold Words, again another another spin-off sort of artist. Cold Words is the um, is the is the solo project of Regan Hughes, who played in the metal band Left for Wolves for quite a long time. Now this is sort of his own thing that's happening since that band disbanded, and he's going for more of really nice melodic alt rock sort of thing. And I tell you what. Top virtuosic guitar work throughout this entire song. There's just the more you listen to it, you'll hear like the, you'll you'll hear more into the harmonies, the guitar harmonies that are going on, and it's yeah, it's very impressive. You know, as a guitarist myself, that appreciates guitar work that doesn't sort of drown out everything else, but still leaves a lot to really appreciate. 
this is right up my alley. Now, the song's called Kill Me Please, and it goes into the, the themes of like alienation, depression, anxiety, you know, a lot of themes that have been coming up a huge amount this year with all the shit that's going on. And again, another track, you know, different style to the pop tracks we were hearing before, but another track that just that just really uses its as production choice as well to match the themes. You know, again, with that sort of the relentless, you know, this sort of like crazy guitar work that's going on, it just provides like this sort of relentless restlessness that's going on, which which sort of matches that sort of thing of anxiety and you're not knowing what's happening. Um, so it just again it just works, and you'll f- it sort of provides this des- base of desperation that is going on with the the protagonist's um, lyrics. So yeah, really cool stuff, and again, it's pretty serious stuff, but it just works. So I guess we should play them. Whatever, forever with Ghost of Me. Right after that, cold words with Kill Me, please. Please don't do that. Please don't kill yourselves. You're all valuable people. But um, the song deserves not to be killed either. It deserves to be played. So let's play them. We'll be back soon, guys, before you even know it.
AustralianMusiciansRadio.com Welcome back to Bar Talk, guys. Welcome back. It's Big D here, coming back to you with uh, cold words. Kill me, please. And before that, Ghost of Me, the new song by Whatever Forever. <sighs> yeah, guys, Um, it's coming up good. It's coming up strong. It's coming up to a bit of talkity-tickety-talk about what fuck you have been up to. Well, fuck you, fuck you too. Um. <laughs> No, Far Q with Grumpy and Skeet have been pumping out the episodes left, right, and centre. Uh, apparently this week they – well, not apparently. I, I know so this week. They uh, were joined by the musical stylings of Celestino, a Bolivian artist who's up there in that part of the world, up North Queensland, doing his thing with a bit of flute. So apparently this week – the uh, I haven't listened to this week's episode yet, but I'm very excited because uh, Gareth was going on about how the uh, the flute – just stood out. It was a good bit of flute. <laughs> no, but it sounds like they've they guys had a lot of fun on the, the latest episode because um, why wouldn't you? 
you know, they're doing a good, doing some good stuff up there, playing some great tracks from from the artists that are you know frequent up that part of the country. Um, but so yeah, go and check it out. It's again on AustralianMusiciansRadio.com. It's that's Far Q Radio uh, with Grumpy and Skeet. Up to seventeen episodes now. They are pulling out the numbers. But I want to chat about what we've got coming up right now because again, a couple of great, great tracks moving into the indie section of things with oh, something a bit cool, you know. <laughs> Sydney artist, Sydney band, sorry, Catbird with their um, third single ride. Yes, talk about a talk about an atheist's wet dream. The uh, <laughs> frequently mentioned lyric, no God mentioned here. Yet they keep mentioning God in that, that line. So it's a bit of an oxymoron. It's like a paradox in a, in a lyric. I love it. But no, God mentioned here we ride, ride, ride. Uh, the song is apparently, you know, about an uplifting song about sort of capturing the human spirit in these uncertain, uncertain times and is um, part of a new label called Featherway Music, which has um, been founded during this, this current pandemic that we're experiencing right now and committed to supporting young artists with a vision to lift people's spirits, which I think is a very noble cause, if you don't mind me saying so myself. But it is a cool little track. I tell you what, you know, in comparison to the stuff we're hearing from Cold Words with his guitar, there's just a lot of stuff going on, uh, Catbird decide to really contrast it by allowing the guitar lead licks to sort of, and I quote, makes make way for its own space. It sort of doesn't, it doesn't sort of, you know, clunk up or you know take up the take up the, the the space that you're hearing too much with too much busyness keeps things open it's also the only track i think this week that sort of makes use of multiple members from the band actually you know to, to create some good dual or backing vocals see so that sort of the, you know the, that nice um texture that you only get from where multiple multiple band members sing at the same time Apart from that, though, you know, it has an overall very Aussie feel about it. I, I can't quite pin my finger on the influences here, but it's definitely, definitely Australian. You wouldn't have artists from other countries sort of making something from this sound, especially in the way that they sing. So great stuff, Catbird. And, and they also sp- sent in the song themselves. So again, if you're an artist that's got music coming out, send it into amrairplayatmail.com, like the good folks at Catberg have. Catberg. Catberg. I was about to mispronounce them. Like the good folks at Cat Bird have done. After that, though, we're playing an artist that we have previously played. The only, only double up from this week. Jordan Merrick, who we played back on re, you know, last on episode 38 back in February. Um, we're playing him, playing him again with a brilliant new song called The Waiting Blues, which I tell you what, speaking of Aussie sounding songs, um, Jordan this week is really really pulling his best Bad Seeds impression here. I mean, everything with the strummed guitar going on, the the creepy blues progression going on, and and what actually turns out is a ukulele. So there's a plucked sound going on. I have no idea what instrument that is, but according to the press release, it's a ukulele. And once you match that up with the, um, with the piano, I'm pretty sure the Bad Seeds have definitely employed that trick before because it sounds like a song they would create. But uh, Jordan has certainly made the most of these elements to create really a song about longing 
about a love that's, I guess you can say, gotten away. <laughs> you know, more like a, a lost love, I guess, is more appropriate. You know, wanting to wanting to try and chase it down. You know, but uh, we'll let him speak for the song because, uh, yeah, it's 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 got a very sort of great blues vibe to it. Uh, Jordan is going to be coming out with an album called Waiting Blues. So, I mean, is, is, does this really count as the title track when it's The Waiting Blues off Waiting Blues? I don't know. I'll let you guys be the judge of that. But um, if you really want to wait for it, and it's not too long now, actually, until the album comes out, November 5, which will be I'm very, very keen to hear. Uh, Jordan, phenomenal stuff. Go and go and check it out. He's from Brisbane, guys, another Queensland artist. Had a lot of Queensland artists on this week. Um, actually reminds me it's a good point to say if you like the artists that you're hearing and you want to support them go and give them a like and a follow and a bit of a love you know give them a couple comments on their most recent social media posts go and stream their ep their singles their albums Uh, buy some merch if they've got merch and if if they're lucky if you're lucky enough to be in a non-locked down part of the country go and watch them play at an upcoming gig because it's all about that support 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 folks i guess in that case then Let's do it, you know. Let's ride on into these songs. Ride by Catbird right now. Right after that, Jordan Merrick with The Waiting Blues. Bit more to come right here on Bar Talk. So, yeah, you stick around right after that, folks.
Hello Sexy, you are listening to Bar Talk on AMR. Will it come 
Folks, 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 what, what your audio sensors were just bombarded with was the phenomenal sounds of Jordan Merrick with his new single, The Waiting Blues. And before that, Catbird's new song, Ride. Welcome back to Bar Talk, guys. I'm very keen because we are moving right along with it. Right, so right along that we've got a couple of songs coming up. So exciting, folks. Chill the fuck out real soon, and you'll hear why in a sec. But before that, we've got to get through a bit of stuff, guys. Got to, got to tell you a bit about, about us, a bit about you, a bit about this thing we have called love. But no, in all seriousness, um, I want to thank everybody for listening this week too. Uh, as always, guys, um, I just want to thank the uh, AMR business and community partners, Suki Lounge, who hopefully will be able to go in into there in person sooner rather than later. And, um, of course, Drum Power Music Factory Direct up there in Bayswater. But uh, this week we've gained a new a bit, new business partner for AMR, and they are called Batten Sacks. They are a legal and financial service based in South Melbourne. Um, go and give them a like when you get a chance because uh, you never know when you might need a bit of a legal advice. I know sometimes I probably need more legal advice than I can deal with, but you know what? Maybe Batten Sacks are the people to go. But it's good to have them on board as a business partner for AMR, and hopefully that'll be a lovely little relationship moving forward. Nonetheless, though, nonetheless, nonetheless, though, guys, I nearly got that word wrong. It's time to remind you where you can find Bar Talk. Even though you're listening now, did you know you can find us at australianmusiciansradio.com forward slash bar hyphen talk or shows.acast.com forward slash bar talk or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you stream them. Actually, this week I discovered we we are on both Amazon Music and Audible now. I, I didn't even realise. I put I put the application in weeks ago, guys, because Amazon, Amazon Music's now doing podcasts in Australia or they now feature podcasts in Australia. So, same with Audible, same same company, old big boy Jeff Bezos coming in with his penis rocket to tell you about it. But uh, that aside, they, they tell you, yes, you're going to get a confirmation email when you're up. I get nothing and then, I, you know, I'm just browsing through things and on our tap and I'm just, you know, as you do, you just check your Google searches, you know, you search in Bar Talk on there. And lo and behold, it's it's in the, the first page of results because uh, we if you type in Bar Talk, I love this. We're, we've got the monopoly on the first first 10 results, the first page, the first Google page, because there is actually another Bar Talk podcast. They're not even in the first page. It's all us. I love it. But yeah, and, and so that's how I found out we're both on Audible and Amazon Podcasts, on Amazon Podcasts, Amazon Music. But of course, we're on all the regular ones, you know, that we haven't been removed anywhere as far as I'm aware. But yeah, we're on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Deezer, TuneIn, all the good shit. But, of course, definitely, as Gareth will always remind me, first and foremost, go to the Australian Musicians Radio website, australianmusiciansradio.com. It's the one-stop shop for everything AMR Australia-related. And, of course, go and give us a follow and like and sub on our socials for AMR Australia. It's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for Bar Talk. We've got our own Facebook page. We've got our own YouTube. And you know what? We steal the AMR Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as well for a lot of the other posts. So you just follow everything. Follow everything, guys. But um, apart from that, though, as I said, thank you for listening, guys. We'll definitely be back next week. We've got, I'll tell you what, a number of phenomenal artists lined up for interviews. I'm so excited. 
Um, you'll find out all that about. You'll find out all about that though when when we do the promo through the week. So I don't like to give away anything. It's all secret, secret, hush, hush. But right now, two phenomenal Australian artists coming right up. Let's realise no New Zealand artists this week, but a lot of Queensland. So take that what you will. If you like Queensland, you're in for good good time. If not, well, too bad. That's what we're stuck with. <laughs> However, this artist that we're about to play is not Queensland based. He's actually Sydney based. So again, actually a lot of Sydney artists this week too, in comparison to what we've been um, given over the last few weeks. Pluto Johns. Um, he's just come out with a, a very recent A and B side, which is going to be actually, which is actually going to form part of his um, sophomore record, or which I believe is coming out a bit later this year. Nonetheless, um, actually November five to be precise. Another another record coming out early November. But yes, uh, that aside, Pluto Johns uh, has released this A and B side with the song we're about to play, "New Morning High," being the A side of said A and B side. If that makes sense. Now. New Morning High, what's it about, you ask? Well, apparently it's sort of inspired about apparently coming out of this whole apocalyptic scene, which he's sort of, you know, <laughs> um, hijacked into a coming out of lockdown song, which I think is only appropriate because I think Sydney's coming out of lockdown real soon. Uh, we should be tuning, so we should be two in a few weeks. It's kind of appropriate. And actually, I was getting. When I was listening to it, I think this is so reminiscent of, of ex-Olympian stuff. Remember remember the, remember the episode we interviewed ex-Olympian? Great guy. Episode 26. Go and check it out if you haven't already. Melbourne represent ex-Olympian. So, <laughs> it's a Melbourne-Sydney rivalry. We've got ex-Olympian. Sydney's got um, Pluto Johns. But, but you know what? I, I don't care. It's just smooth as butter production on this one. Uh, just works right in the song, you know, and then hence the, you know, again, very similar style to Ex-Olympian, which, you know, it's a good good thing to be. Like, not, I haven't heard that many other artists come through in the last year or so that are doing this sort of thing. Um, actually, speaking of Ex-Olympian, we were supposed to – I was his album launch was supposed to be <laughs> right when this – it was going to be happening right when this lockdown started. So, poor Ex-Olympian hasn't had his album launch. Hopefully, that's going to happen, though, sometime when we open up this summer, which would – kind of works, you know, coming into summer. But I digress. Um, Pluto Johns is who we're supposed to be talking about. Uh, again, like Ex-Olympian, just a great confluence of different styles, different instruments, creates a very rich, lush texture, which is very easily easy listening. Great Sunday afternoon track. It's definitely a day-drinking beer song, and it's just a, yeah, beautiful, beautifully produced track. And actually, I, I tell you what, here's the difference with, with Pluto. I do appreciate how he puts a fucking good oomph in that last iteration of the chorus, but <laughs> the sneaky bastard just leaves me hanging with an unresolved piano chord, and that just pisses me off to no end. I mean, mate, what the hell, Pluto? <laughs> But look, I you know what? It works. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's actually very, very clever. So Pluto, good stuff. I'm just trying to see. I believe he may – does he have any uh, upcoming shows? It doesn't – no, it doesn't. No, um, that's okay. I'm sure Pluto will be hopefully spinning the tracks. He's got enough. He's got so much love from Australia, US, everywhere else. Uh, he did a UK tour too, would you believe? Great place to go, apparently, for music. <laughs> but great stuff, Pluto. Keen to hear more of the record that's coming up. Um, that's actually courtesy of Good Intent too, who um, has been sending us stuff for quite a while, but we've really, you know, just sort of finally got onto their their mailing list. So thanks, Nick. 
Good to have you on board to the AMR family. Finishing off this week's episode is Linda Fairhall, uh, who's from, oh, and behold, Queensland, with her new song, Free. Now, Linda, would you believe, also has has an upcoming album coming out called The Narrows. It's her sophomore album, uh, and it doesn't tell me when it's going to be coming out, so who fucking knows? Uh, I don't, because I don't. But that's it. I'm sure she'll be telling everyone when it happens. Again, follow the artists. Keep in touch with their news because news is changing all the time in this fast-paced COVID, COVID experience that we call the world right now. But Linda Fairhall, what's she been up to? Well, she went up to an old farmhouse in the mountains to record this song um, and kind of lets loose. Certainly does. Why, you ask? Because- Fucking hell, I hate and I absolutely despise people with a level of talent like Linda that can pull off this sort of sophisticated soul and sound like they do not give a damn. Take some kind of talent, I'll tell you what. But I tell you what, that that mix of lightly plucked guitar and keys, especially throughout that verse, is just heavenly. Serps me into this mood, so fucking soulful, but then- she pulls out this like muted, fretless bass in the chorus, and then there's a chord change in there, which just gives me chills. Bloody hell, it's good, it's good, and a great way I think to end the tr- end the episode too. So Linda, good stuff, bloody good stuff. Um, she's released this song off her her own label, which is the way to go. <laughs> it's called Restless Sky Records, and is the second single from that upcoming record I was mentioning before. Now. What about some songs you hear? Well, you've heard me talking shit about these songs. I think it's time you uh, judge them for yourself to, to really experience how fucking good they are. And again, I want to thank everyone for listening. We'll be back next week, guys, on Bar Talk. But to finish us off, the dessert of the evening, it's Pluto John's with New Morning High. And after that, Free by Linda Fairhall. So I thought I'd return to the scene of the crime where my
Radio.com